Welcome to Real Testaments. The messages shared at Church of God Mission International, Church for Real. We trust God that through this message, your life will be transformed and you will receive grace to influence your world. God bless you. Let's do this confession together. Say, the veil is torn. I have an everlasting access to God. Let's say it again. Say, the veil is torn. I have an everlasting access to God. The blood of Jesus Christ has been shed once and for all. Therefore, I do not need to shed any blood. And nobody needs to die for my sake. Because Jesus has died already. I can assess God anytime, any day, because of what Jesus has done. God is not angry with me. He's, he will no longer punish me for any shortcomings. I take that strongly again. Say, God is not angry with me. He will not punish me for any shortcomings. Because he has punished Jesus already. Because he has what? Punished Jesus already. So the penalty of sin has been carried by Jesus. Therefore, because I believe in him, I will not be punished anymore. Can you say that with me? The penalty of sin has been carried by Jesus. Because I believe in Jesus, I will not be punished anymore. I do not need to sprinkle the blood. Christ as the high priest has sprinkled the blood already. The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus has given me victory all around. I am victorious always because of Christ. Nay, in all things, I am more than conqueror. God loves me with an everlasting love because of the finished work of Christ. Hallelujah. Give Jesus Christ a big hand. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is taking you from that level of sin consciousness to the level of righteousness consciousness. So when you see yourself, you see righteousness, you see holiness, you see goodness, you see the mercy of God all around you, you see the love of God in your heart. Hallelujah. So when you look at the mirror, what you see is a reflection of what Jesus has done already. Hallelujah. Praise God. That's the spirit in which we live. And that is what Jesus has done. Today, I will be talking about the covenant of relationship. The covenant of relationship. Just, you know, still stems from what we'll be talking about. You know, the series on the victorious in Christ. But, you know, I just want to talk about a few things. And I believe that you're going to be richly blessed today. Father, I pray that your word will come with impetus. Your word will come with the spirit of knowledge this morning. Our lives will be transformed once again. In Jesus' precious name, we'll pray. Amen. First of all, you need to understand that one of the key things that Jesus did for you when he died 
and resurrected is that he gave you a relationship. For example, that relationship wasn't dead before. You know, you had to go through God using intermediaries. For example, God didn't, didn't come down to relate with the children of Israel. Let me say that the children of Israel, they were used as a specimen, you know, a specimen for the new covenant that is to happen after the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. So they were used as a specimen. And the specimen worked very well. So God used to show up just the same way he would show up in, in Genesis chapter 1 and begin to have fellowship with man. So God used to show up in physical form, in a whatever form, but physically. And he would begin to talk with Moses, for example. So when Moses left, he began to talk with Joshua. So he was using men as the intermediary to reach out to the people. The same way. You know, he told Moses about the, the administration of the Levites, which I actually mentioned last week. And so they were priests. They were the ones that go to the temple to burn insects and to do all the things that God wanted. And remember, last week I mentioned the, the way the high priest used to go in into the Holy of Holies. And once, in a, once a year, it's called the Day of Atonement. The day of atonement is going to kill some blood, kill, you know, kill some animals, I mean, use the blood and sprinkle on the mercy seat once a year just to atone for the sins, the sins of Israel and for everyone. You know, so when the veil was turned into two, that was no longer necessary. So we, know, we all now have access to the Holy of Holies and we all have access to God and so we can relate with God. So the most important thing, or one of the most important things Jesus did for us, is for us to have a relationship with God, right? So you hear people say, God spoke to me. God did not need, you know, to go, didn't take you to the mountain to speak to you. A lot of people go to the mountain, this is a physical mountain, because they want to hear from God. That's actually an aberration. God is not in the mountain. He has left Mount Horeb. God is not in Mount Sinai. He's not in Mount Kilimanjaro. God is not on the podium of church for real. God is not, you know, anywhere. He's left all the physical places. God is not inside the ark, the ark of covenant that nobody could touch. If you touch it, you will be slain. God has left the ark. He has left the Holy of Holies. And the Bible says, God is now in our hearts. Hallelujah. So he is now in our hearts. He has you know, deposited his spirit in our hearts. Let's read Hebrews chapter 10. Give me Hebrews chapter 10, verse 16. So we have a relationship with God now. And relationships are very, very critical. Relationship is very important. Relationship transcends protocol. Are you aware of that? Relationship transcends protocol. I was, I've said here so many times, maybe like two times, I went to see a very big man of God with so many crowd in his, in his gates, in his, you know, I mean, crowd with security everywhere. Immediately he cited me because we were childhood friends. Immediately he cited me because of relationship. He told everybody and the security men that, please, that person, he pointed at me, cited me in a very far place. He pointed at me, so please, that guy, he mentioned my cloth and he said, Please, I want him upstairs now. So I jumped all the protocol just to reach him. Are you getting what I'm saying? So people talk about cabal, you know, in, in um, this current administration. 
the people that the administration is relating with are the people that, is the, as it were, the president has relationship with. That's the truth. So relationship transcends protocol. It is the person that you have a relationship with that will do stuff for you without asking for anything. I've had cases of people, what they are supposed to charge, they're supposed to charge millions for a job, but because of relationship, they don't pay anything. There are cases like that. I know you, you connect with me, you know what I'm talking about. So when somebody is in a relationship with you, you, you boycott protocol. Right. You don't do certain things because the person is in a relationship with you. And so the thing that Jesus did for us was to create that relationship between us and God. Recall all the ceremony and all the sacrifices we needed to do and all the protocol we needed to do. But Jesus Christ came and all of those things were jettisoned. So right now we have direct access to God. That's what the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, that we should come boldly. Coming boldly means, come, there is no longer hindrance. Come, there is no longer any form of obstacle. What you have right now is direct access to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Somebody say access. Hallelujah. That's powerful. Let's he read Hebrews chapter 4, sorry, Hebrews chapter 10, I said, verse 16. I just quoted Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. But let's read Hebrews 10, 16. Give me 16. Okay, this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, says the Lord. I will imprint my laws upon their hearts. This is a new covenant, actually. And on their mind, I will inscribe them, producing an inward change. Give me good news. If you have good news, give me good news. Okay, good news. Thank you. This is the covenant that I will make with them in the days to come, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their hearts and write them on their minds. So it's an internal affair now. It's no longer an external affair. That's why Jesus said, it's not what goes in that defies the man. It's what comes out of the man that defies the man. So it is what is inside the man that God judges. The Bible says that the word of God is quick and powerful. And if you read all of those things, it's talking about the intentions of the heart. The intentions of the heart. So it's not the externalities that God looks at. God looks at the heart. For example, when God told the prophet to go and you know, ordain a king for Israel, he went to the house of Jesse. And when somewhere God there was going to anoint the first son, Shaman, God said, no, don't do that. You men look at the outside, but I look at the heart, right? So God is more interested in the heart than what you see externally. So I will put my laws in their hearts and write them on their minds. Give me 17. 17, please. Then he says, I will not remember their sins and evil deeds anymore. I recall when we were having the school of the world just now, this question popped up. That God, does God actually forget your sins and um, does God forgive your sin and does not remember? Yeah, he does. That's the scripture. The truth of the matter is that God, when you come to God by believing in Jesus, he doesn't remember whatever you have done. That's the truth. So, like I did say the other time when I was ministering, and I said, 
God is not going to judge you because of sin. He's going to judge you because of the fact that you rejected Jesus. Jesus has been punished for your sin. So when you keep believing in Jesus, it's like a mirror. Your life continues to change. Okay, so I will not remember their sins and deeds anymore. So God does not punish you for what you did in the past. So if you are going through times right now, hard times right now, it's not because of the sins that you committed. The Bible says if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. The word new creation means that man never existed before. You are a new man. Your heart is new. So God has blotted out all your iniquity and your transgressions and your sins. So as far as God is concerned, you never sinned. So you never sinned. So if you have the spirit of guilt, it's the devil that is speaking through, you know, through the spirit of guilt. So God does not remember. Give me 18. So when these have been forgiven, an offering to take away sins no longer what? No longer needed. Another translation says no longer exists. So there is no sacrifice that you are going to do that will make God to be, that God will accept because Jesus Christ has done it once and for all. Now, access is what we have, and that's the relationship that we have in Christ. Now, I was talking about relationship. If you go to the book of first, uh, let's see, uh, the book of um, Second Samuel, Second Samuel chapter 15, I think we should read that, please. There's something, there's an information I want to give in there. There's an information I want to share. The second Samuel chapter 15. Okay, let's go to verse 6. Go to verse 6 for me. Absalom did this with every Israelite who came to the king for judgment. And so he won their loyalty. He won their loyalty. Give me King James. Let me show you something here. Second Samuel chapter 15 verse 6. King James. Good. And on this manner did Absalom to all Israel that came to the king for judgment. So Absalom stole the hearts of the men of Israel. Let me tell you something. Relationship is the bedrock for goodwill. Relationship is the bedrock for every goodwill. If you are looking for goodwill from men, then you must learn to build relationship. That's the truth. I know a lot of you live on your type of life. Or your type of life. Or your type of life is on your own. You're on your own. And so when you are in need, for example, you need somebody to bail you out. Because you have not built relationship over the years, you don't find. So in this particular scripture, for example, Absalom is the third son of David. The first son is Amnon. The second son is Daniel. And the third son is Absalom. The fourth is Adonijah, the fifth is Shepatiah, and the sixth is Israel. So these six sons, they were born to David in Hebron. You know, David was king of Israel in Hebron for three and a half years before he finally moved to Jerusalem and he became king for 33 years. So at seven and a half years, that's about 40 years. So before he moved to Jerusalem, he had six sons. And Absalom was the third son. Amnon was the first son. Recall, if you read chapter 14, I think chapter 13, you will see how Absalom, I mean Amnon, had an affair 
with the sister of Absalom. He had an affair with the sister of Absalom, and Absalom was very angry. To call long story short, Absalom killed Amnon. He, he organized a party where he invited all the sons of, of King David. And in the process, he told the servant, he said, when Amnon is merry and full of joy after he's drunk, kill him. The servants were afraid because Amnon is the first son. How will a third son be telling them to kill the first boy? He said, kill him. At the end of the day, they killed Amnon. Right. They killed Amnon and David was seriously angry. He felt bad. But to cut the long story short, the whole plan at the end of the day was for Absalom to usurp the throne. And in the process of doing that, he said he was going to win the hearts of the Israelites. How was he going to do that? So if you read that first, second Samuel chapter 15, he called, when people come to the gate, they want to see the king, he will say there is no deputy to release, uh, to, 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 to assist you on this matter. He will be the one to judge the matter. And he will judge the matter in his favor. So he was using that to build relationships. He was using that to build relationships. At the end of the day, the Bible says that the land of Israel, everybody now fell in love with him. So he used the currency of relationship as a tool to usurp the throne. If not for Joab that killed him, he was almost there. He was almost on the, on the trail to overthrow David. What happened? He was on his, on his horse and he was running away. Because Absalom had a long hair. As he was running away, the tree, the branches from the tree caught his hair while the horse ran away and he was hanging on the tree there. And Joab, one of David's mighty men, came and finished him from there. So, relationship is a very strong currency. It's a very strong currency. I want you to employ it. Don't live on your type of life. I want you to build relationships. You need to build relationships. Like I said, relationships, they are the pathway to goodwill. If you are looking for goodwill from men, you must build relationships. How do you build relationships? It's very easy. How to build relationships is by getting interested in the things that affect people. Somebody is sick, call the person, go and visit the person. If you have money, God has blessed you with the resources of finance, use your money to build relationship. If you can move around, you can do visitation. Do it. Build relationships. Is somebody with me this morning? So, when we come to church, we don't come to church just to, you know, leave and praise God only. We also come to have fellowship. The Bible says, do not forget the assembly of one another as the manner of some is. So when we come to church, try as much as possible to strike interactions. Are you aware that deals, people broker deals in church? Are you aware of that? People broker deals in church. The next guy or the next lady that is sitting beside you can just be the answer to your prayer points. You don't know. You don't know. So we must learn to foster relationships. Not just because of what you want to gain, but because it is expedient. That was the currency that God used to win us over to himself. The currency of relationship. So he said right now, I'm no longer angry with you. Right now, I love you with an everlasting love. 
For example, the Bible says in 1 John chapter 3, I think verse 1, it says, What manner of love the Father has given unto us that we should be called the sons of God. Listen, we didn't pray for it. We didn't ask for it. We didn't beg for it. It came. Thank you. What manner of love the Father has given to us. So God decided to say, I want to love you first. You know, it is easier to respond to love than to give love. Are you aware of that? When somebody loves you, it is easier for you to respond to that love than to give love. I hear people say, ah, I must, I must call him more. He's always calling me. The other day, he gave me this. He gave me that. You are responding to the love that somebody has given to you. That's what it is. So what we are doing now is that we are responding to the love of God. And God did that using the currency of relationship. He tried the old type, the old method of, you know, using stick and whip. It didn't work. He said, right now, I'm going to use the currency of relationship. So right now, when we talk about the message of grace, we talk about... God putting the pressure upon himself. I think in um, 1 Timothy, probably let me get my script. No, 2 Timothy chapter 2. Give me 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 13. So right now, the pressure is on God. Before, when the children of Israel sinned, what happens is that God will give them over to their enemies. That's the Old Testament style. In the New Testament, God is saying, regardless of what you do, the pressure is on me to deliver. Whether you are faithful or unfaithful, I remain faithful. So when I hear God is punishing me because of what I did, you don't understand the remnant behind the New Testament or the New Covenant. Listen to this. For if you are faithless, he remains what? Give me good, good news. He said, if we are not faithful, he remains what? Faithful. Because he cannot force to himself. God, the translation says, he cannot, God cannot deny himself. God cannot lie. So what therefore it means is that your imperfections cannot stop God from blessing you. Your faithlessness cannot stop God from blessing you. Oh Jesus, he didn't get that remark. I said your faithlessness, Egosa, cannot stop God from blessing you. God has decided to bless you and he, it's an oath. He said, in blessing, I will bless you. So God has promised. So when he sees your imperfections and your shortcomings, he's not going to say, I changed my mind. God cannot change his mind. Oh, he's obligated to perform that which he has done. That is the thinking of the new covenant. I know it is anti what we have heard before. But you see, let us follow the scriptures. Let us follow. The, it's based, and that is hinged on the formula or the currency of what? Of relationship. I've said here before, even the Bible says, can a mother forget her suckling child? You have five children. It's, has there been any time because they are stressing you to death? you decide to leave them and run away. It cannot happen. As long as the baby came from your womb, that love, that motherly love, that fatherly love will still be there. He said, even if they do, that's what scripture says, even if they do, I will not leave you. 
He said, I will not leave you or forsake you. God will never throw the baby away with the bathwater. Whatever you have heard, that God is against you. Because of what you have done, because you are not holy enough, because you are not righteous enough, because you are not spiritual enough. That is a lie. It is not true. God cannot leave you alone. God will never throw you away. Irrespective of what you did, irrespective of what you have done, God cannot leave you alone. You know why? Because of Jesus. He left Jesus alone on the cross when Jesus shouted, Father, Father, why have you forsaken me? He forsook Jesus because of you. So because he did it to Jesus, he cannot do it for you again. God is not angry with you. God does not hate you. He said, come the way you are. It is hinged on the formula, on the covenant of relationship. That's what I'm saying this morning. Relationship is a covenant. I will give you another teaser about relationship. If you go to the book of Luke, I think we should read that place. Luke chapter 16. The other day, a lady came and she was sick. Believer, strong woman of God. And she was sick. And she started saying, she said, she went to change her age. You know, she went to reduce her age. And she's thinking that it's because she reduced her age in her workplace. That is why this sickness has <laughs> suddenly. And she was thinking, and the devil was messing her up with her mind. And I said, well, what you did was wrong. God does not encourage lying. Are you aware of that? You know, God does not encourage lying. Lying is not good. It's a sin. So if you lie, don't lie again. Just the same way Jesus told the woman. He said, Jesus didn't say, go and continue to sin. Did Jesus tell her that? He said, I do not condemn you. He said, where are your accusers? The devil, his name is accuser of the brethren. He said, where are your accusers? He said, where are your accusers? They've all gone. He said, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. And the woman left. Jesus never gave her any any, um, um, list of things to do. He said, go and sin no more. Now listen, if you hear that there are things that you are doing that does not synchronize or blend with the word of God, stop it. You have the power to stop it. It's as simple as that. You have the power to stop it. That is why when Paul was talking, he said, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? He said, God forbid. God forbid, though not you forbid. God forbid. It's God that is forbidding it. He said, how, how can you that are dead to sin will not be living based on the propensity and the symptom of sin? It's not possible. It doesn't blend. How can, you, how can you marry darkness and day together? It cannot work. It cannot work. So, because you are in Christ Jesus, you now have the seed of God. You have the specimen of God. You have the character of God. And the character of God is what? Is love, is righteousness, is holiness, is forgiveness, is kindness. These are the things that you should think about. That's why the Bible says whatever things are lovely, true, you know, righteous, all of these, all of these things I think about. When I see my brother, I'm not thinking of how to hurt him. 
when thoughts comes that does not blend with what the word of God has done or said in my life, what I do is to cast it away. That's why you need to know the word of God. The reason why Christians are living below power, living below relationship covenant is because they lack the scriptures. They lack the scriptures and the devil will always tempt you using the scriptures. For example, when he came to Jesus, he said, eh, remember, he said, when you fall down, he will keep you, the angels will come and help you. But did the Bible say you should tempt God? He didn't say that. The Bible didn't say you should tempt God. So, the truth is this. You have the power to live a righteous life. The unbeliever on the street does not have the power to live a righteous life because he has not accepted Christ as his Lord and personal Savior. You have the power to live a righteous life now because you have accepted Christ as your Lord and personal Savior. You believe in Christ. You have the power to win a soul. You have the power to change things. God told me, he said, take me out of the church called building. Take me to the world. That is where I am supposed to be. I want to be in the world changing things. That changed my perspective. So I know that I am the prophet in my office. The people that report to me, I'm thinking, how do I change their lives for good? I don't partake in their iniquity. I partake in righteousness. I let them know my stand. It is possible to win by righteousness. Are you aware of that? You can win by righteousness. Righteousness will always win. It may take time, but it will always win. Shortcuts don't pay. The devil wanted to use shortcuts to give the devil on a platter. I mean, to give Jesus on a, on a platter. But Jesus rejected it. I said, I'm going to go through the process. That process is important. That process is important. You know, some of you, you are going through stuff and all types of Things are going through your mind and what your parents did and what your mother did. Even what your grandfather did. Kilo day. What's all this nonsense? My grandfather that I never knew. I never even seen her for face. How is she to consign me now? What are you talking about? Or my grandmother. Great-grandmother. Uh-uh. How can you tell me it's the sin that they committed that is affecting me? 2022. For crying out life. I bet hang I'm there. I lie. No work. Jesus Christ has paid the price. Because he has paid the price. Whatever my forebears did, that is their business. That is their what? Their own cup of tea. I am living in the dispensation of grace now. What they did cannot affect me. There's nothing like, eh, there is a line of diabetes in your family. Or there is a line of this in your family. Yes, it may exist. Because of science, that is true. It may exist because of, yes, what my grandfather did based on covenant. I know I've shared a story here of how a certain man took his children and dedicated them to the spirit of Amok resecution. Two of them. Two of them. More like succession plan. But along the line, they got born again. That succession plan failed. It failed. Light and darkness cannot coexist. It can never coexist. What is important is for you to have the consciousness of who you are. That is the most important thing you need as a believer. 
who you are. Identity crisis remains the number one temptation for the believer. Not even the devil. Identity crisis. If you don't know who you are, the devil will play, will play table tennis with your head anytime, any day. That's why the first thing he came, when he came to Jesus, was identity. The devil will always attack your identity first. Uh, can't you see all your mates are graduated? Are you, you, are you born again? You are not born again. All your mates are driving cars and they are all married. You now let you remain. Something is wrong with you. Are you sure something is not wrong with you? There's a prophet in uh, Babish that is washing people's head. Go there. BC went there. They don't wash her head. She don't do okay. This one went there. Go and wash your head there. What, what are you supposed to say? Get deep behind me, Satan. Do you, are, you aware, are, are you aware that Temptation comes more. I'm saying a lot of things this morning. I don't know why I'm going through all of these lines. I don't know, but I know it's going to bless somebody. Temptation comes more eh, from people that are around you. Are you aware? People, the devil uses people around you for temptation. When Jesus Christ, listen to this, oh, this is powerful. When Jesus Christ, in Matthew chapter 16, after Jesus eh, told Peter, Thou are Peter. The rock, meaning Petra, small rock. He now said, on this revelation, Petra, I am going to build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail. Even Jesus Christ healed himself. He said, your name is Peter, Bajona. Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. You are a great guy for, for giving everybody this revelation about me, the Christ. Because it was very important that they knew that. Read down that same um, Matthew chapter 6. When Jesus was talking about the things that were going to happen to him, it was the same Peter that came to say, Ah, Master, keep quiet. Too. This thing will not happen to you. That's in Matthew chapter 16. And Jesus said, Get thee behind me, Satan. Read them now. He did here now. Where's that place? Okay. Matthew 16. Go down. You will see I'm there. Is it in 18? Where he rebukes uh, for 18 downwards. Matthew 16 from 18. Now, maybe we should even read it. Matthew 16, 18. Okay. That this is where he was talking about the church. Go down. Go to 19, 20. Just go down. Right. Go down. Stick going. Okay. No, no, no. You are right. Go to 21. Listen to this. He said... This is after all the big revelation that Jesus has said, based on what Jesus, based on what Peter said. He now said, from that time forth, began to, from that time forth, began Jesus to, you see, this is now in James, for you say, from that time forth, Jesus began, you know, uh-huh, that, one, they, that one is clearer. Some of you, you think that King James English is a spiritual, this thing, all this, uh, let's leave all those mindsets. When it is simple, Jesus was a very simple guy. Now, when it's simple, now even spiritual pass. <laughs> this life is nothing hard. Now you're thinking. Some of you, you go to look TV. What will they see? You know, three people can be looking at the TV. They are seeing different things. Are you aware of that? That's how life is. I like when it's very, very easy. Simple things. Okay, from that time forth, began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go into Jerusalem and suffer many things. Did you see that? Of the elders and chief priests and scribes, and be killed, and be raised again the third day. Go to 22. Then Peter took him, Peter took him aside. That's what he was, took him privately, and began to rebuke him. Rebuke means, to say, keep quiet, keep quiet, don't say that, keep quiet. Keep quiet. 
Be it far from thee, Lord. This shall not be unto thee. He was rebuking him. This now somebody will don't dish out revelation in, in, in 18. Oh. Go down. But he turned and said to Peter, unto Peter, get thee behind me, Satan. Did you see that? He said, get thee behind me, Satan. Thou art an offense unto me, for thou savourest not the things that are of God, but those that are of men. In other words, Peter was talking about personality. You are not going to die. Not because, you know, of what he was looking at, the generality of what Jesus was going to do, but he felt that the death of Jesus shouldn't happen because he did not understand what Jesus Christ was going to do, that his death was actually going to annihilate sin and the works of the devil forever. So, people that the devil is going to use to test whether you understand the revelation of the New Testament or the New Covenant, the people he's going to use are the people around you. See, I am very jealous about the word of God that I know. Any revelation or information that I'm even sharing with you, it is from here. From here. From here. A lot of people have done stuff, taking decisions because of influencers. For example, Amnon. Amnon. Eh, that rape, let me call it rape. She, he forcefully slept with Tamar. The sister of Absalom. Who gave him idea? It was the friend, the, the cousin. I think Jonadab. Yeah, Jonadab. The son of Shemiel. And the son of the, the Shemiel is the brother of David. The cousin that gave him an idea. He said, are you not the king's son? He must have told him, first son for that matter. Any woman you need in this land, take, take her. And he said, how do I do it? He said, you know what? You are going to pretend that you are sick. Eh? And when the king comes, you will tell the king, Ah, I am sick. I cannot go out. Please tell Tamar to bring me food and all whatever. That's an excellent idea. And they implemented the idea. They implemented the What of the, the council of Ahitophel? There are people in the scripture who were bad influencers. And the Bible also talked about this guy, Jonadab, as being a crafty guy. He was a crafty guy. Are you aware? You are here listening to me. A lot of you have taken decisions. You are a believer in Christ Jesus. You have done stuff because somebody sold an idea to you. You did not just oppose it with the word of God. You started running with it. You started running with it. Go and see prophet. Prophet for where? Prophet for babish. You don't run, go there. Because you lack identity. You don't have identity. You don't know who you are. You don't know who you are. That was the same idea that was given to Jesus. If you are the son of God, turn stone into bread. It was a good idea because the Bible says he was hungry. Listen, not every good idea is God's idea. Are you aware of that? Listen, when Jesus Christ rebuked Peter, he rebuked him. He said, you are selfish. You are thinking about yourself because your idea does not conform with what I came to do. Listen, any idea that does not conform to the lordship of Jesus is badadash. It might be pleasant. It might be good. It might look good. Sweet for the eye. But listen, when you synchronize it, you just oppose it, you immerse it into the word and the revelation of Christ and he fails the test, my dear, go. Move on. Don't do it. 
A lot of you have ideas. But think, even the things that you want to do, the pet projects you want to do, is it going to exalt you more than Jesus? That is why people have built kingdoms around themselves. Build kingdoms around themselves. Build, see, those guys that wanted to build the tower, they said, let us build the tower so high so that it will get to heaven. It will get to heaven. But it negated the principle of procreation and spreading everywhere. It negated it. Let's follow the scriptures. You need to know the word of God. The Bible says, let the word of God dwell richly in you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. I'll round off now. Let's look at Luke chapter 14. Relationships are very strong. And that's the currency that Jesus used to win us over. We have a relationship with Christ. Listen, that relationship will never cease. When you wake up in the morning, don't feel like a sinner. That it's after you have prayed that you have now become holy. No, who gave you that mindset? Even in the sleep, you are holy. Hallelujah. Somebody says something. The question, I'm always eating in the dream. My God. You know, I've attacked this thing years ago. Are you born again? Are you in Christ? The Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. And at midday now, they sleep. They carry pandediam and a goosey soup with correct big meat. Oh, Jesus, this is prosperity. God is blessing me. I eat and finish your concert. My destiny is affected. Who born monkey? A whole me. A child of God. Living in Christ. So, because I eat pandediam and a goosey soup for dream, you say my destiny has been affected how? Let me tell you something. I cannot remember. You see, when I talk like this, I am not bragging. I am telling you pure truth. My wife is there. She, she's the, practically the closest person in my life because we sleep on the same bed. And we live in the same room. We share the same bedroom. We share the same cars. What I have is what she has. That's the way we live our lives. So you can go and ask her. Now listen to this. I cannot remember the last time I prayed because I had a nightmare. I don't pray. It's shocking, right? Yeah. So when I, when I sleep, and I sleep, I, had a, I have a nightmare. Let's say, what kind of nightmare? Now, let's assume I had a nightmare that somebody close to me died. You know what I do? I just wake up and say, oh, thank you, Lord. It will never happen because I did not sanction that dream. I move on. Me come fast for three days because I dream. No, 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 no. The only reason why I fast, listen, whatever grace, eh? Whatever grace has provided, you therefore claim by faith. Whatever grace has provided, you claim by faith. I don't fast because I want to buy a car. That is useless fasting. I don't fast because I want a job. That is useless fasting. The reason I fast is because I want a closer relationship with my God. Because I want to discipline the flesh. Listen, grace has provided me car already. Grace has provided me job already. The unbelievers, do they fast before they buy car? The unbelievers, do they fast before they build houses? So why are you fasting because of house and houses, physical things? 
You know why Christians are poor? They are poor because they are lazy. It's as simple as go and walk. Go and walk. The richest men in, in Nigeria, I don't want to mention their names. Are they quoting scripture? What are they doing? They are working. They are astute businessmen. Let's not turn all of this Christian thing to, to look as if if you fast five hours, then you see one million dollars in your account. And some of those people say when they see one million dollars in their account, they don't even pay, they don't even give God anything. Now to take consumer for their body line that they first think about. Watch it, people who give. People who give. Should I go into that matter today? No, I shouldn't go into it. The, check it out. The people who are always in need, who are always asking, I'm not casting as much on anybody. Check it. They don't give. It's a simple, you don't need to pray. Giving comes with, it's a principle. When you give, you receive. When you give, you receive. It's simple. You know, Abiola, God bless you so. One time, richest man in this country. When they were interviewing him, you know what he said? Years back, I think before the election, 1993 election, when he contested. You know what he said? He said, the hand of the giver is always on top. Not be so. It is the man that wants to collect that we always do like this. Not be so. Listen, your mindset should not be about collect, collect, collect. It should be out to give and see if your life will not change. Don't pray about giving. I mean about um, money. Just be giving, just be giving. You will, your life will change. It's a simple principle. God has placed it there. The more you always, when you see Kingsley, now you're thinking, ah, how do I collect 1K from Kingsley? Ah, which strategy do I use? You are a poor man. That's why you are thinking like that. But if you say, ah, see Kingsley, how do I bless Kingsley with 1K? You are a rich man. That's why you are thinking like that. Hallelujah. I'm bringing down structures today. So, some of you are poor. You think that you want to go and declare three days dry. I want to declare three days dry. And the devil tells you to say, ah, there's poverty in your family. That's why you are like this. You are declaring three days dry. Three days dry, you come out, you will be dry. Nothing for you. Both pocket go dry, body go dry. You know what? It's simple. If you want to get, just give. Release. When your hand is like this, eh? It's like this. When your hand is like this, it will never get. That's why the prophet told the woman, he said, what do you have? And the woman said, this is what I have only. He said, go and bring it first. It's a principle. Because the prophet knew when you release them, more will come. You don't release. Even you say, God lost me, you are responding to love. Not the person where you love, you go give. Some of you don't even give to God. Tithe, you are not paying. Nothing you are doing at all. Okay, you say, ah, pastor, I don't believe in tithes. I don't, okay, no problem. The salary where they receive. How, wait till be God's name inside. Tell me what, okay, you receive 100K. Go, God bless you. Wait till be God's name inside that 100K. But inside that 100K, data 25K. Ah, I'm going to use data. Don't talk it. Don't go there, pastor. Data is my life. Data, what, what are you going to do with data? Instagram, Facebook, data don't finish. It's not as if you are loading any business in there. Common sense. Data, 
go there, transport go there, everything, 100k don't finish. Okay, I'll look at the list. Where God money? Where, where do you give God for this 100k now? Nothing. Okay, God won't help you in the Old Testament. Okay, tight, more use tight. Uh, okay, give me 10% now, bros. Give me. It's, ah! That Old Testament, now this new covenant, no tight. Okay, no problem. Where it be my own inside? Then you want to pray for three days, dry fast. Bless me, Lord! Bless me, Lord! Bless me! Bless me! Oh, your eye won't come out. I won't kill you. You know what I'm people? Are you aware that people die during fasting? Are you aware of that? Ignorance, like they worry you. You don't know anything. It's simple principle. When you see people, bless them. When you come to church, they're asking for give, give. Release yourself. Hallelujah. Let me round up. Now, listen to this. Luke chapter 14. I want to read. Um, no, Luke 16. I want to read verse 1 to 9. Then we'll take it, we'll round up from there. I think that's basically the last scripture I'm going to read. All right, see, there was a Jesus. This is Jesus talking. I don't play with what Jesus says because I am an ardent, you know, ardent follower of Jesus. I follow Jesus, especially what he says. There was once a rich man who had a servant who managed his property. And the rich man was told that the manager was wasting his master's money. Clean. Go, go to the answer. So he called him and said, what is this that I hear about you? Turn in complete account of your handling of my property because you cannot be my manager any longer. Go to three. And the servant said to himself, my master is going to dismiss me from job. What shall I do? I am not strong enough to dig dishes and i am ashamed to beg go ahead now i know what i will do then when my master when my job is gone i shall have friends who will welcome me in their homes did you see that sense common sense he didn't say oh i'm going to be doing all that he said i'm going to build relationship that's what he said in case when i lose my job hmm? when i lose my job i am going to turn to these people i'm going to turn to these people Sense, common sense. We go to five, five. So he called in all the people who were in debt to his master, and he asked the first one, "How much do you owe my master?" Listen, he's at the one say one hundred barrels of oil or of only oil. He said, he answered, "Here is your account." The manager told him, "Sit down and write fifty. So, which means this guy had the power to scrap the debt. He said, "Because you are owing hundred naira, you are going to pay fifty naira." Ah, the guy was happy because his debt has been reduced. Go to the next one. And he asked another, and you, how much do you owe? A thousand bushels of wheat. He answered, here is your account. The manager told him, write 800. Are you getting it now? Go to the next one. As a result, the master of his dishonest manager praised him. He didn't sack him anymore. He praised him. Look at what he said. For doing such a shrewd thing, because the people of this world are much more shrewd in handling their affairs than the people who belong to the light. And Jesus went on to say, so I tell you, make friends for yourself with worldly wealth, so that when it gives out, you will be welcomed where? Eternal home. This is Jesus. This is wisdom. Ah, This is wisdom. Jesus talking. So what you are supposed to do, not only people in church, you are supposed to have affinity, we relate with. No, so we, we are not, we shouldn't isolate ourselves. Right. You have a business. You must build relationship across board. Are you getting it now? 
You must build relationship across board. Relationship is a major currency. That job that you think is giving you a bar in the morning, give you pandejam in the afternoon, give you shawarma in the evening. One day, what if that job goes away? It all fly like wings. One day you come office, they say, ah, uh, your services are no longer needed. Oh, move on. And you have not done enough savings. But when you were having that job, how many people did you empower? How many people did you bless? How many people did you say, come, come to my house, let's have dinner? How many people did you exchange kindness to? How many relationships did you build? Nothing. That is why a lot of people, when they, when they don't broke, like they don't broke. Who say if you lose your job, you'll be broke? Who, 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 is there any law that says that? Some people lose their job. They even become richer. You know why? Because of relationship. Stand up on your feet. When Jesus said, go into the world and preach the gospel, all he was saying is that go and extend my relationship with people. Simple. Simple. But you know what we do? We only come to church and clap our hands. When we finish, we do some prayers. And we go away. Service lasts for two hours, maximum three hours. That is the end. We go away, we lock our door, we enter our house. We lock the door. Stay there. Even your neighbor, your neighbor, you are not even having relationship. No, you cannot say, how ah, far now? I've not heard from you since morning. How are you day? Have you eaten? I, I, I have made oath. Come and join me to eat. You have not even extended fellowship. Your neighbor won't die for hunger. But you are even, you, you know, are you aware there are some homes? Once the food don't reach the next day, you know, to Jeddah, go throw away. You they throw away food. There are people who cannot feed. There are people who cannot feed. You hear that your neighbor just gave birth. Instead of you to go there and knock and say, how are you doing? Ah, fine, baby. I better take this one and take buy pampas for Peking. You cannot do it. You cannot do it. My brother, God, God help you. Tomorrow when they see one robber, they try to enter your window. Yes, I'm good for him. Yes, I'm good for him. Yes, I'm good for him. I'm a wicked man. I'm good for him. Yes, very wicked, stingy man. Let me tell you something. I like to apply the word of God to my everyday life. In my office where I park, when, I, when they transferred me to that office, I said, ah, where would I be parking? Everywhere done food. They now told me, ah, the floor is a big office. They now told me, the floor. Ah. I said, that place is not over occupied. So, so I went to meet the manager who interfaces with the property owners. I said, I'm going to park. And I said, okay, yes. There's a space. And that space is road. But it's like my company, you know, um, manages that place. Anybody can park there. But I didn't know that my company didn't have a major deal with the local government. Is Ireland in the place? They were just doing it based on the fact that the, the space was close to the office. So I started parking there. I was parking there. And I went on leave and I came back. The security man I said, oh, God. Uh, they don't they arrest for this place. So I say, really? He said, yes, on Friday, uh, get some people away, come do meeting for here. As they park motor, they won't lose their number, come on, self. And I'm going to tell the man, say, may not park. I say, really? Ah, but where are our compact now? He said, okay, okay, don't worry. Leave them. Uh, if anything will happen, give us your key. If anything will happen, we'll come meet you. So I started parking there because there was no space. Then, one day I was just in the office, the security man just dashed in, brah. He said, okay, ah, they don't come, they don't lose your number. They won't carry your, uh, the number, come out. Man of God rushed out. <laughs> ah, Lagos. Lagos now. Wow. <laughs> so I came out. I said, ah, they have left. 
Where the number are? They don't say yes. We collect the number from them. Oh Jesus! Listen, listen. This was the, this is what I see. He said we collect the number from them. How they will co- collect your number? I said, hey. I said, really. They started giving me the story. Even the woman, listen to this. Even the woman where they sell um, what do you call? It? She used to sell fruits. She was selling um, um she sells um. Purple, she sells um, watermelon and then uh, fruit generally. She came and she said, Oh, gonna miss stand. I tell them, say, You're not gonna take this number. This man I know and I hear they walk. He said, All of them came up. Even the security man said, Oh, God, the number there with us. They brought out the number. They fought for me. I wasn't there. If I do big man, I drive, come, I park. Well, I don't park free. I say, hey, How are you? They say, plus, how far? I say, hey, don't, don't, don't touch this car. They go say, see, big man. They came and they said, well, God, we fought for you. I said, I was touched. I was touched. And what do I do? The woman where they said, when I go, I go follow and geez, how you doing now? How much for this, Papa? Okay, give me 100 naira. I will just relax. Follow and buy. Every time, because they push every time. Hey, Oga, how are you now? Good morning. Yeah, well done. The security men, I relate with them. They are my brothers. The fact that they found themselves in that situation does not mean I'm bigger than them. We must build relationships anywhere. If I did not have a relationship with them, they would say, oh, um, uh, cancel people. This Oga. Now, we can't know. This Oga, we don't tell her, not park here, not park here. Every time I go, they park here. Carry the, we shall carry out the motor self. Some are you aware? Sometimes they go even call these people say, Ah, you don't, you don't pack it, you don't pack it, you can't carry the motor, can't carry the motor. Yes. Are you aware of that? Yes. They do it in this Lagos, way now, way for some people. When they carry your motor, finish, uh, you want to settle, you settle 20k, you know, now come and then maybe settle those people or something. Because once the motor don't reach their place, you know, guy, you want be, except say you know somebody. <laughs> Raise up your hand, say, I've changed today. Jesus won me through relationship. Say, say, Jesus won me through relationship. I will build relationships. Starting from church to my family. That some of you, you are not talking to your sisters, you are not talking to your brothers. You are looking for a job. That your sister, that your brother can easily call you and say, ah, go and put your CV here. They say, don't mind that useless girl, not get respect. Why would I tell her that there is an opening in this place? They won't tell you. Say, today I change. I will build relationships everywhere that I go. Because Jesus Christ won me through relationship. Therefore, I will build multiple relationships. I will go to the world and preach the gospel and take relationship everywhere. I am a product of relationship. Therefore, I will build relationship. Father, I thank you for your word today. Oh, your word has changed our lives. We will go forth and continue to build relationship in Jesus' name. Lord, we will change the lives of people. Not because, oh God, of ourselves. Because you have given us this mandate to go to the world and preach the gospel and change people. And so shall it be. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Give Jesus Christ a big, big hand. Hallelujah. This message was brought to you by Church of God Mission International, Church for Real. For more information, log on to our website at www.churchforreal.org. Church for Real. Influence your world.